Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 279th episode of the Shattered Order Podcast. I'm your host, Goodnight Punk, and with me, as always, is my good friend, Wink. Wink, what's going on, dude? What's going on, my man? Um, It's Friday night, ready to chill out and chat uh about the uh the book of boba finale very exciting stuff how are you sir i'm doing great i'm uh, it's it looks like the people are here ready to go for the uh, the uh book finale here got a hype train and chat already because they're awesome so uh thanks to uh, drew big deal ringer all of you guys for uh kicking that off you guys are awesome um but yeah uh i also want to say this <laughs> the community challenge is still going on in the uh in the chat so if you are in the chat now use your zeta points to uh help get us to the, well get you guys to the goal because i can't i can't give you my i have a I literally have an infinity sign next to my zetas on this account because i am on you know the shattered order account and i'm not giving eighty thousand at once so you guys are gonna have to earn it but for everyone that doesn't know if you guys reach eighty thousand points in the next three episodes me and wink will both be relic seven magma troopers so and i wanted to shout out drew uh as always awesome here in the chat but also letting us know if we reach it early we can add another level onto that to make Drew do it as well, so heck yeah, I like it. I like it. You know, Drew's always talking about Jerry in the uh, in the chat, so it would only make sense. But yeah, indeed, flawless. What's up, buddy? How's it going? Um, yeah. So I also wanted to say, since we're not going to be doing it in the middle of the episode. Two things. I want to shout out Blue Microphones for sponsoring the Shattered Order podcast. I always, as always, Absolutely. we appreciate appreciate them. If you want to check out their products, go to crew.bluemike.com slash SOPod and uh, check out some of their awesome products. But the other thing I wanted to ask you is what are you going to be drinking? Because uh, if you don't know, we're doing this finale, Book of Boba finale episode, as well as the Patreon QA afterward in Discord, which means I'm starting to drink now, so I'm saucy by the time the Patreon. Oh, comes indeed. Around, so. uh, we have a rule that you have to be intoxicated when we do a Patreon uh, pod because questions come from left field, right field, and every other part of the field, so that'll be fun. Um, Patreon.com slash Shattered Order. If you would like to support the show, we would appreciate it. Um, and you get access to Patreon episodes, so those are always fun. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I am drinking um, the Elijah Craig Small Batch Whiskey. Uh, just felt like a whiskey night, you know. It's, um, it's quite tasty. I am... Um, I'm spilling mine all over me, apparently. Oh, no. I've been drinking more whiskey lately. Uh, you know, just keep the keep the calories down. Not that I'm one of those people who worry that much, but I'm just trying to be a little bit healthier for the moment. Um, <laughs> that so, works. Yeah. I have not tried these yet, so it'll be interesting. But I... Santan Brewery, which is one of the big breweries here in the Phoenix area, 
also has a now has their Santan Spirits part of their brewery, which is like, you ever heard of, is it Cutwater or something like that? The one that are like, water? yeah, kind of like or... that. It's like pre-made drinks in a can. Well, these, these... Is that what those are? Because I, I have, like, I've heard yeah. of them. I have no idea what they are. Well, I've got some vodka sodas here. A whole bunch of them, actually. There's more in my fridge, but I'm drinking some of nice. those. It's actually, this white peach one is pretty good. That's, uh, that is dangerous, so. Heck but yeah. that's what we're looking for tonight, so there you go. Sounds tasty. For sure. All right. Well, why don't we just jump right into it? What do you think? Let's do it. I kind of put this into two two things because I feel like there's only two. The whole thing has a lot of important parts, but I feel like there's two storylines in this that are important, and I kind of broke them up a little bit. And that would be okay. Grogu and Mandu. Mandu? Grogu and Mando, since that is basically this whole show's been leading into Mando season three. Then the Boba Fett versus the Pike Syndicate stuff. So let's... Uh, Start with Grogo and Mando. So, here's a question. Is it... Would it be... Uh, Grodo? Grando? Or would it be like a... Mangu? <laughs> I like Mangu. Mangu? Okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll call the Mando-Grogu combo Mangu. Um, so, this was... You know, the last thing we saw before this finale, of course, was... The decision for Grogu between the Beskar uh, dress, chainmail, <laughs> t-shirt, and dress, and uh, and Yoda's lightsaber, and we strongly suspected where he was going to go because we obviously didn't see Gro- Grogu in the new trilogy. None of the flashbacks of the Jedi Temple or anything like that, and also, um, <laughs> I mean, what what would man what would next season mando be without grogu so also this was kind of obvious i also wrote in here where did i put it oh uh, obviously imagine grogu having to go through a second jedi massacre with kylo taking out right luke's right poor guy that would be terrible and he lives to a long time so he'd have to live through two of them and then he probably sensed another Order 66 coming and was like, yeah, I'm not going to stay around for this, Luke. Sorry, buddy. Yes, like, exactly. I'm out. So, uh, you know what? I I told you this before the show. The finale's been on long enough that I've seen a ton of TikToks about the finale. And one of them was like, what was Luke thinking offering a toddler the choice between staying with him and never seeing his father figure again? Or leaving immediately to go back to his father figure. Yeah. <laughs> what did you think he was going to choose? Right. and But, I mean, like, that's such an important theme kind of through Star Wars is the decisions that these characters make that ultimately take them on their path. They kind of ultimately choose their own path. And there is always that crossroads, like, Almost every main character in Star Wars has a crossroads, if not multiple, or I should say a fork in the road. You know, like, um, you know, Luke leaving Tatooine, which kind of ended up not having a choice in that. But, you know, you you have these different decisions like, uh, like Anakin, whenever he ultimately decides to become Lord Vader. Uh, 
you know, that's a common theme in Star Wars. And of yeah, course, or uh, you don't really know this one. Ahsoka deciding whether she was going to stay with the Jedi or leave them. I've been watching. Hey, you'll get there. Uh, the other, I thought the 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 Luke leaving Tatooine one was one I hadn't even thought about. But that what's interesting about Luke and Grogu with these decisions is that I know Grogu's like fifty something, or I believe that's the the age he, they had, age him at. But Luke's running the Jedi a little different as far as Padawans go because. Always weird to me how the Jedi went to planets and took the children that were force sensitive. It wasn't a hey, you have the choice to come. They end up just going there and taking them. So, well, why do you think uh, the the force got balanced? I mean, I, I oh okay, I saved a meme. I saw it the other day. I'm gonna see if I can find it real quick because it was hilarious. I I know I saved this because like. We do a Star Wars podcast, so how could I not have saved it? Um, where is it? I got a, well, I got one for you while you find it. It's one of my okay. Fa- hold, hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> okay, so this is from um, SpongeBob, and I'm not sure what one of the characters is, but uh, who's a little pink guy uh, from SpongeBob? Patrick. Patrick, yes. Um, Actually, let me see if I can send this to you in Discord. I have no idea how to share stuff from my phone. Uh, oh, there we go. Okay. So, th- th- this meme says... This conversation going back screen. and forth. So, you've basically dominated the galaxy? Yep. Your, inner, your enemies are dead and gone as far as you know? That's right. And you have a prophecy about a chosen one who will bring back balance to the force. That's correct. Uh-huh. And you think it'll be a good thing for you? Why wouldn't it? <laughs> it is. It's it's awesome. Yeah, but it's like, it's, you, you know, it's so obvious, you know, just kind of about the force balancing thing. But, you know, like we mentioned, it's kind of, one of those fork in the moment roads, you know, that, that Grogu goes through and ultimately makes his decision. Um, and it's kind of like, I think what you said is like Ahsoka, you have like this force sensitive character who decides to go on their own path. And, um, and it was pretty exciting to see Grogu like flying up in the X wing and, uh, okay. I have to say this about that. So R2-D2 flies Grogu to Tatooine. Luke decides to stay back. Luke trusted R2-D2 to fly a child halfway across the galaxy. Didn't take him himself. I thought that was weird. Why was that weird? R2 just trusting a droid with a, the one of the few Force-sensitive people you know are left in the galaxy. The one, same one, the same one that's oh, been hunted for who, two seasons of Mandalorian. Who does Luke Skywalker trust more than anyone? R two D two, right? Still a droid, still gonna have, not no, gonna no. outrun. No, no, <laughs> he trusts R two D two like as much as he trusts his ability to use the Force. Like that. Well, yeah, I, that's, I that's guess ridiculous. I guess Luke couldn't leave all those other students on that planet alone. Yeah, I would be more scared about like, yeah, the droids that are left there and, 
you know, some of the other stuff going on there than like taking I sorry, taking R2 with the child, like come on. That's perfectly acceptable. Well, the one of my favorite lines of the whole episode was when uh, Peli Motto is the one that get well, first off, it's hilarious when the X-wing starts flying into her little uh bay and she's and she like trying to like she thinks it's an officer like yeah. anyone when a police officer pulls him over starts like putting everything away yeah no, get rid of that get rid of that. and then the hilarious best line when she takes him out of the all excited <laughs> to see grogu but the line she's like grogu that's a terrible name i'm not calling you that that's like so, every star wars fan that's a, especially uh, my kids baby yoda <laughs> grogu no no. Uh, so that's what I thought was like I like it when they I, I don't want to say mock because that's not the right word but I'm going to say it anyway when they mock criticism of the show because th- there were a lot of people that were like Grogu that's such a stupid name like why'd they go with that and like they played into it here kind of like that was like a fourth it, wall but that was total fourth wall comment yeah, it was great yeah it's awesome loved it um yeah, that was pretty funny. Um, so, Pelly gets Grogu, feeds him like some little lizards, slurps dung them up. Be- dung worms. Um, Yum. Is that what they were? Dung worms? I couldn't remember the name. I only um, remember reading it before the show, and I'm like, oh, that's what those were? Disgusting. Grogu yeah. probably loved them. Like children's babies Just, out of a box. So, jo- in chat, Joker mentions, I want to know how she understood the astromech well enough to translate... Uh, you know, like a fanatic name. And, I mean, she literally works with droids all day. She has an R5 droid herself, right? She uh, I think it's an R5, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, she's she's well acquainted with uh, droid speak. I don't think I, she I has that like. many friends either, so... <laughs> That's probably true. And it's understandable. She dated a Jawa for... Uh, that's true. For that's God's true. Sake. Yeah, that's, By the that's way, totally true. Not important to the story... So I'm just going to say it now while we're talking about Peli. Hilarious to me during the battle for Mos Espa when someone blows up some cover and that Twi'lek from the mayor's office is hiding back there. And he, you see like this moment between the two, like, I think those two are going to hook up. <laughs> She's like, get behind oh, me. Yeah. It's so nice yeah. to meet you. There's no time for that. Yeah. Oh, that was hilarious to me. I'm like, she's going from Jawas to Twi'leks now. Are you surprised? No, no, not at all. I mean, she's into she's into some stuff. Hey, everybody's hey. got their thing, and Pelly has her There's thing. There's no kink so. shaming here. All right. Yeah. Um. All right. So she reunites with Grogu, obviously, while Mando's out doing his thing. Um. Uh. So there. Uh, the next part to that, the next project progression here is most Espos fights in the middle of it, right? They, right. But she doesn't know what's happening somehow. All the screaming and noise is just like, attention. let's just go Staying for a nice carriage ride to go find Mando. And uh, they find him while he's being chased by the Scorponek droid, which, by the way, those things are freaking awesome. But yep. she finds him and he jumps on this cart as she tells her to turn around. Why is this? peaking so much hold on let me turn down my gain here where come on rookie oh it's all the way down i don't maybe i'm just talking loud um so 
they're riding on the this carriage and they find Mando and Mando's like, turn around, we got to get out of here. He doesn't know that she's got Grogu at this point. He jumps on the back and they're riding around. And then uh, that's when she pulls this blanket back and Grogu's there. And she's like, oh, hey, surprise, your friend's back. Because obviously she doesn't know how long yeah. they've been separated. And so it's kind of this little little moment between the two, which I thought was hilarious. Not hilarious. It was really emotional moment because you know they've been gone so far but little no, grogu no, it was stressful well that too but grogu who can't jump higher than two inches when he's talking to luke starts right. training right but then all of a sudden he jumps like six feet out of the carriage into boba's arms to hug him isn't that the cutest thing ever that was awesome i'm glad those two yeah. were together and that's yeah. when mando notices you got the shirt Yes. Yep. Wearing the Beskar armor. He, he he was very excited. His little foundling uh, was armored up. Um, I, th- this whole thing just made me so excited for the new season of Mando. Because it's not the same Grogu that we saw with him last. This is like a force-wielding Grogu that can th- that knows how to use the force. I mean, obviously, like one of the very first moments in this show with Grogu was, you know, with the, I forget what the Rhino thing was called, but for stopping it. But now that he's understands it, can use it to move around. The new season of Mando should be pretty lit. I'm pretty excited. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. Uh, yeah. You can totally see the swagger in his walk, which by the way, I still contend to my wife. Every time we watch an episode that has Grogo in it, that they need to cut that robe by about four inches. Yeah. So he doesn't Poor trip guy. over it. So long. Yeah. But yeah, so he they reunite, you know, they, uh the carriage breaks. Mando does the the super awesome uh flip in the air move to catch him and yep. that, now Grogo's on in the fight. Now but basically, um I'll talk about the things Grogu does during the fight, during all the fight recap stuff, but he does some pretty cool yeah. stuff, as you alluded to, with the Force no stuff. Um, the only last thing I want to talk about with Boba Fett, or Boba Fett, with Mando and Grogu is uh, the final scene, or one of the final scenes, where they're in his new N1 Starfighter. Which Get, is awesome. There's there's Grogu in that little circle, like we yeah. all knew he would be. Yeah. And the most hilarious thing, he's got the Razor Crest ball in his hand and basically bullies uh, bullies Boba into flying the ship really fast. Yeah. yeah. And the whole uh, Grogu yeah, like, hands in the air, excited fly thing. Yeah. It was pretty funny. It's, fu- it's... Yes, exactly. There no. I just love his straight face. No. No, it was great. Love it. Those two are fine. Last time, yeah. Now it's not like I want that ball to play with. Now it's just gonna be ding, 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 ding. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But he needs a little. He needs a little microphone. See, here's something else I'm so curious about about Grogu is like, at what point do they start talking? Does that mean? Yeah, Yoda obviously speaks fluent English. So, like, at, at what point will he start picking up on that? And um... well, here's an idea, and I'm just going to throw this out there. He knew how to use the Force, but once he went through Order sixty six, he kind of cut himself off. 
and stopped using right. it, right? I'm, I would venture, I guess, to say he knows how to talk, but that's it's kind of like the force thing where he's he just doesn't want to. And at one point, he's going to. Uh, he's 50 years maybe. old. <laughs> yeah, but Yoda died at 700, so... I mean, what are we looking at? So... Doing some quick math Joker here. says, Yoda started teaching Jedi when he was about 100, so Grogu's got time. Teaching Jedi at 100. So, I'm going to figure uh, that... Yoda being 700 is equivalent to like an 80 year old human. So percentage wise, Grogu would be like five, five years, nine months. Well, so, so then he'd be talking like a toddler. <laughs> should be talking at some point. Hopefully that's something that we'll get to see. Joker says he died at 900. Was it 900? Yeah. I was thinking it was 700. Okay. Then it's He's even old. younger. No. Yeah, so um, so maybe four-ish. Um, so I'm sure that's something that we'll we'll get to experience in the new season of Mando. Um, but I thought that... that that'll uh, be a whole nother ordeal. What, right. what, who voices and, him and what does it sound like? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, like, as we move from the Book of Boba... Now, now that we've kind of gotten through the finale, it's it it was a pretty good show. I'm not sure if we'll get another season because, like they said, this was kind of the in between season that seemed to do a pretty good job at kind of filling kind of the important gaps. So that, like, I feel like the entire point of the Book of Boba is so that the next season of Mando will have Grogu. Because they didn't know what they wanted to do at the end of the last season, maybe. And this was a way to kind of fill that spot so they can move straight into the next season with Grogu and Mando together. Did you get kind of get that same impression? I did. I did not listen. That's what I should have said. I was actually looking up uh, Book of Boba Season 2 just to see if it had been announced while you were making that point. It has not. Because I thought it had been, but give me the cliff cliff notes again of that comment. Because so, I I think I caught what you were saying, but I want to make sure. Effectively, I wouldn't be surprised if there was never another season of the Book of Boba, uh, just because there was kind of resolution to the stuff going on with Boba here, um, to where he can kind of live off and retire. But also, like in the last season of Mando, you had Grogu leave, and. Grogu's a pretty big part of why Mandalorian's been such a big success. And so you needed him back with Mando, but it's like, how do you fill that gap? Which is kind okay. of one thing I was wondering about the end of the last season is like, why did they send Grogu off? I mean, if this, like, I suspect this was probably their plan they kind of figured out at some point. But I would actually be kind of surprised if this was their initial plan, you know, See, kind of when they start writing this. I. Okay, I don't think that they're going to announce the Book of Boba Fett 2 for a long time. What I feel like is going to happen is kind of similar to what happened with Mando, where you've got Mando Season 3 coming. We know that for sure. You've got the uh, Republic, New Republic. I can't remember what it's called. Veterans of the New Republic, something like that. It's a show about, the, you know, basically those X-Wing fighters and all the people from the New Republic trying to corral or 
control the galaxy and keep everything everyone safe or whatever. I feel like you're going to see Boba showing up and or Tatooine showing up in that show and that's where you're going to see him again maybe for a few episodes in that show since there was so much X-wing presence in Tatooine. I think we'll see that and I feel like maybe through season 3 you'll see them go back to Tatooine a little bit and so you'll kind of see like the same characters but mixed in in other shows and then once you've seen them enough in the other shows when those are ending maybe they there's callbacks through those shows for a season two that kind of builds up to that because if they just announce it now there's no build up for that or really a want by people but if they build it up through the other shows then i could see how they could plan a season two uh that's got a clear here's what's going to happen or here's the conflicts that we got to manage in season two of this show because we set it up in other shows. You know what I mean? Right. Not to mention, yeah. we haven't got to it yet, but I'll just say it now because it's not, it's part of relevant to the conversation. There's, there's an end scene, in credit scene with Cobb Vanth in uh, Boba's back to take. Basically confirming that Cobb Vanth got shot in the shoulder and is not dead from Cad Bane. So he is coming back, but if there's no second season... Why would we even need to know that, you know? Or he's, or he's going point. to be a centerpiece of a parts of other episodes of other shows, kind of like what I'm saying, where it leads into something else right. on Tatooine. So I feel like there's something going to come. I don't think it's going to be announced or come in the next three years, two years, but we'll see. So, yeah. Yeah. So uh, getting into the meat and the potatoes of this episode, uh, it was primarily just, I mean, basically a big fight scene between, uh, you know, Boba and, you know, his guys versus the Pike Syndicate. Uh, which, I mean, there's just so, so much stuff going on um, throughout this entire episode. It was just a lot of fun to watch. But <laughs> it was, um, I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so interesting right off the bat, right? They're they're surveying the cantina that was blown up by the Pike Syndicate. Um by the way, rest in peace, Max Rebo. He finally he's finally gone. The elephant the elephant piano player oh. is ne will never wow. see him the again. The elephant in the room died? <laughs> Sorry, elephant in the room. Elephant in the cantina Jesus. is gone. Um, elephant in the cantina. <laughs> <laughs> didn't Rangers of the New Republic get canceled? Not that I know. I know that uh, they had a lot of rewrites. I hadn't heard that it got canceled. Um, but yeah, so one of the coolest parts, right? And I didn't understand what Boba was thinking anyway. Well, I guess I did from like a battle standpoint. But basically, he's like, all right, we're going back to the palace to defend from the palace because there's more fortification there. And then the mods are like, well, you can have fun there. We're not going there. And he's like, what do you mean you're not going and basically, they're like, the people you're supposed to protect are here in Mos Espa, and they're the ones that are going to suffer if you're in the palace well, and no right. one's protecting them. And so he basically, he was very, uh, what's the word? Not treasonous, but insubordinate to Boba. And if you did that to Jabba, you'd be dead. But he basically, insubordination, at, right there, then and there, and still managed to convince Boba that it was the smart thing to do. So... Which turned out to be interesting um, because ultimately those same people kind of turned on them. Uh, you know, there was kind of this this rise up. It makes you kind of wonder, um, 
you, you know, it's like them trying to do the right thing in their minds ended up not being the right thing. But what, like logistically, that doesn't make a lot of sense. Like, yeah. Why would you go into the population if if you know someone's coming to attack you? Going into the population doesn't make any sense. Like they're not there to fight them. Like whoever takes over the region doesn't want all those people dead. That's that that's absurd. Like this this was like a a decision based on failure to understand politics of the area. You know, I think that's, the main thing, and I think the reason Boba chose to stay there was. They they were all scared, all the people, the civilians, right? They were all scared. And if they watched him, the people, the guy they weren't sure about in the first place, retreat back to his palace, leaving them completely undefended, whether or not it was rational or not, that they would be attacked, they all felt like they were under in danger. Him staying there was more symbolic than tactical. And that, in the end, you see what that does for him, despite the fact that throughout the fight, the things he does rips apart the city in many ways so i don't know yeah um and it it, i mean ultimately it was kind of a ploy of bad decisions that were just made so that we could have a really cool fight scene well that's for sure that's it by the way how the hell would uh the freetown people get into the Jabba's palace right they'd all get killed before they got there to help them yeah, that's probably true too. Um, but so basically they sent out the mods to they sent the mods to the Aqualish territory. So to the three camp crime families areas, they sent their people, right? They sent the mods to the Aqualish territory. Right. They sent Black Karasantan to the Trandoshan territory and the Gamorians to the Clatoonians section, which was where the ships were coming in to watch for pike reinforcements. Now, first off, I just want to say this. I didn't understand why you would send Kersantan, who hates Trandoshans in the first place and attacks them willy-nilly, to the Trandoshan area to watch them. Right. Not to mention, I, they hate Wookiees too. So it's like, are you true? Yeah. That was a weird decision, but he was there. That that made no sense. And, I mean, uh, unless the fear was that them rising, that they would rise up and... He would be very willing to, like, just kill them all. I mean, that's the only thing that would make any sense. Yeah. And so, two things happen. Well, first thing that I want to talk about. My boys, the Gamorrean guards, once again, with the most unceremonious death for Gamorrean guards I've ever seen. Yeah. Just like Return of the Jedi. Gone. Yep. yep. Just just very gone. sad. Pushed off a cliff. That's the end of them. Oh, by the way, yeah. by the Clatoonians, because all of the crime families that promised to not turn against Boba did. So now he's shocking. I knew that was coming. Just Didn't freaking knew coming. it. Yeah. Who's surprised? So, anyways, they start coming at him. Um, the mods are being shot. By the way, if you are a film savant, you are a person that enjoys critiquing. The way movies are made. Go back and watch the mods fight the Aqualish in the street. Three different mods get shot twice. In one scene, they get shot in the chest. One gets shot in the head. And then two seconds later, they're back standing again. And then get shot again. And then they're down again. Don't understand the editing there. 
Interesting. Very odd choice to have mods dying multiple times, but they did. But I guess it saved time for the uh, the, the eye mod and uh, the one with the, the droid arm to get out of there. By the way, with Finnick protecting him, so that's the other part to this. Finnick leaves. Finnick, okay. I understand the thought process here. Finnick goes and saves the mods, and uh, before she goes to head to most Eisley to try to kill off the all the heads of the crime families and the Pike Syndicate leaders before they can leave most Eisley, if assuming that they're going to win this fight, right? But that leads to Finnick being gone the entire episode. So you don't really right. get any Finnick for the entire finale. So that kind of sucked to me because I love yeah, watching Finnick. I, I hadn't even really thought about that, actually. Um, the good news is there was enough action to that you didn't think about that till you saw her again. But it's like, oh, right. right. Finnick wasn't in this entire episode. Uh, however, like what we find out she does, like the scene at the end is pretty good. So. Yes, exactly. Uh, I agree. So uh, this, okay, I just want to point this out and I want to see what you think of it. Because honestly, I was thinking about this earlier today and I've seen the finale three, maybe four times now. Everybody leaves and that leaves Boba, Mando, the the little droid that's always in the palace and the Twi'lek interpreter or, you know, whatever yeah. it was called from the mayor's office all mayor's. inside to the cantina and uh interesting conversation right Bubba's like you can i heard that sound like a scream no idea what's going on all right so anyways that leaves it's an interesting conversation basically Bubba's like well it looks like everyone's turned on me and uh this is a losing battle so i wouldn't be surprised or i wouldn't be upset if you left saying that to mando and uh mando of course says he would rather die with boba against unheralded odds here than go against the code of the mandalorians um basically living by his code he gave him his word and he was either going to finish the job or die trying and he was not going to leave and i thought it was interesting that despite the fact he was kicked out of his coven of Mandalorians because he took off his helmet, he's still choosing, with all of his his own conviction, to live by the Mandalorian code as best as he can, despite the fact that some of his own people, the few that are left, have uh, forsaken him or given up right. on him. So I thought that was awesome, and I thought the the whole the whole like I'm gonna fight with you whether we win or lose. I'll Die with honor by your side. I don't even care. I'm not leaving. I gave you my word, yep. and I'm staying. Which, A, stocks to his, his code with the Mandalorians, but also the relationship over the season two of Mando and uh, Book of Boba, Boba, of the friendship between those two. Yeah. So I thought that was awesome. Well, and, you know, Boba went, you know, went to pretty good lengths to help get Grogu back and help recover him. So, I mean, M- Mando did... I mean, he owed him, and he knew that. So, you know, it's not like... You you know, that actually made sense in that, you know, he did kind of, in a way, have a life debt type thing to Boba uh, just because of that, so... Oh, absolutely. Now, this is the part I wanted to ask you about. Because after thinking about it today, I've... 
this is my favorite part of the entire episode. There's so many cool things in this, but I felt like when Mando and Boba were fighting back to back in the street, that is one of the coolest fights in Star Wars to me. I think it's way up there for me. Just watching those two and not and, and it's funny to me because it doesn't have lightsabers, right? But the whole like gunfighter esque fight back to back, pulling each other up when they got hit. Shooting out the the whistling so, birds. Boba's got his flame sh- flamethrower, the the missile launcher. Did all you that see stuff. the side by side from Iron Man? I did not. Is it similar okay, to one so, of those scenes? So obviously, both movies that John Favreau was heavily involved in. Um, I saw somebody do a side by side. You have uh, Boba and Mando you know like fighting and then the next to that was the scene from i think it's iron man 2 with iron man and war machine nice when they're doing that like two on 50 battle or you know whatever against the other iron man uh suits and you know just the kind of contrast there between the two uh super super interesting like i'm gonna have to look that up because that sounds awesome i'm honestly that i feel like to me of course this is all my opinion and people can completely disagree because they didn't like book of boba but i felt like i felt like the the side-by-side fighting between boba and mando in that that scene was one of my favorite fights in star wars and the entrance the entrance was awesome so if i I got this down to easter eggs but we're talking about it now so i'll just say it now um Okay, I'll check those in a second. The so the they send out the Twi'lek. They're like, oh yeah, because he's he's like, I am a great negotiator. I went to school in on Coruscant. I don't want to say I'm better than people, which that was freaking hilarious. But he's like, yeah, let me write down my terms of surrender. You go out and tell them for me. So they send this Twi'lek <laughs> out to to offer the terms of surrender to the Pike or whatever, and he's reading it out to him, and basically he's like. And here's what I'm offering. And he doesn't want to read it, obviously, because he feels like he's going to get shot. But it's like, nothing. You will leave this planet immediately, or I will cover the sands of this desert with pike blood that will never be cleaned from these sands. (laughs) Which was hilarious after he started reading it, right? And then the, the coolest part, the... Mando and Boba come flying in on their jetpacks and take out at least like 10 to 15 of these dudes right off the jump. Yes. Yeah. Now, the correlation here. I don't know. It's been so long since I've seen this movie, but the nothing speech offered to the Pikes mirrors Don Corleone's speech in Godfather Part 2. That's what I've seen a ton of people talking about. Ah, uh, yeah. Basically, okay. Al Pacino same type I, I of knew, deal. I, I knew th- I knew there was another reference for that. I just could not think of what it was. But yep, that is yep. Yeah, so Makes that's sense. how it starts. And then they're in the middle of the street. Luckily they're wearing their Beskar armor, just taking shots like yeah. crazy. Taking shots like crazy for sure. Um, kill a freaking ton, and then right at the moment where they're just overwhelmed with blaster fire and it looks like it's over. And that's when the Freetown dudes show up, rolling in in their freaking. It looked like Luke's land speeder from A New Hope with like with, a, with armor and a giant yeah. freaking. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. Yeah, that was and, good. Um, 
you know, getting them, getting to see them all come in and, you know, just to come in and assist, not knowing if they were actually going to show up, which, you know, we suspected they would or else I wouldn't have a scene in there. But, you know, there was this kind of mystery of like, you know, what what's actually going to happen with them. And, uh, you know, they they did. They came in, dove right into the fight. And- well, Boba or Mando has the line to the bartender from Freetown, right? And he's like, you guys didn't ha-. He's like, I didn't know if you'd show up. You didn't have to. And he's like, yes, we did. Yeah. It's like they killed Cobb Vanth in cold blood right in front of us. We are not going to let that happen. Yeah. So, and then the mods so, show up. And I thought this was an in- funny interaction here. The mods are like, where did these sand crawlers come from? Yeah, and they're like, "We're here to save your ass, city dweller." And it's like, apparently, there's a uh, suburbia versus you know, right. out in the desert, a little bit, which different. is, yeah, pretty yeah. classic. Yeah, which is you know something I think most people can relate to to some way. Um, oh, but another thing I thought of. So when this whole thing pops off. Like fifty Trandashans descend on Black Kirsten in one of the coolest freaking fights you ever seen. He's basically destroying Trandashan yeah. after Trandashan before he finally gets overwhelmed. And all I could think in that moment to myself was, "You're gonna kill the Gamorian guards. You're gonna kill Santo, but you're gonna let the mods live." I'm so confused. <laughs> but this at the very same moment as what we're talking about right now you see freaking pike syndicate people go flying through the air and here comes kirsten around the corner just completely hobbling hurt yeah just beat to shreds i mean his fur's matted on his head because he's obviously bleeding and i was like oh my god he's alive i'm the happiest person ever yeah <laughs> so then you get so now you got Santo, and this is the part that pisses me off. So you got Santo, you got the mods, you got the Freetown, and then my two Gamorian guard friends. Well, they just got pushed off a cliff. Everyone lives, yeah. but the Gamorian guards. What is this? Um, I mean, know. it's classic. It's it's, they, it's they it had, stays with the theme of Gamorian guards. So I, you can't true. be mad at it. They had to die uh, in order for the bacon, you know, to be consumed. So. I like Joker. They they the never named them, so they were doomed to die. Yeah, that's, that's true. very very true. Very fair. Um, did did you see the picture I sent you in Discord? Hold on, let me find it. So it's the uh, it's the Iron Man Mando. Oh, here you go. Yeah, comp that I was talking about. It's very very uh, reminiscent of like that same sort of. So cool, uh, man. So cool. Yeah. I love yeah, it. Yeah, and th- that's one thing I like about, you know, Favreau. Like, he doesn't... No issue on kind of reusing stuff. Because it works, but... right? Like, if you know something works. It works. There's no... And the, it, people... For people to get mad about it being repeated, they even have to notice it, right? Like... And there are a lot true. of casual fans or people that are just think something's cool don't ever bother worrying about where it came from right yeah so and yep. then there's the people that find out it's reused and are still, oh come on lazy ride whatever or people like us that are like ooh, that's freaking cool yeah you know for sure so um so 
next we have these how do you pronounce it? Is it Scorpenic? I think Scorpenic? that's I think that's the way you say it. Scorpenic droids. Uh I assume they were called Scorpion droids. They're uh they're they're droidecas on steroids, that's what they are. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah. Um and the these things just basically stomp around with with shields like droidecas and blasters, they're just freaking ginormous. Um, very, very cool, uh, pretty badass little droids that made for a pretty fun fight scene. Um, so you basically have everyone, you know, now, uh, kind of hanging out, fought everybody off, but you have these droids. Yeah. Cause they, everyone, everyone retreated, right? All the pikes retreated. So everyone's kind of celebrating behind the, uh, the military, right. military land speeder in, uh, Boba, was it Boba or Mando? Mando, I think, looks through his helmet and sees the heat signatures behind the walls yes. of these giant freaking things stomping in. He's like, uh, guys, it's not over. So, like, you saw them coming. Like, why was he not already trying to shoot them when they come around shoot the corner? Shoot them? Or Tell everyone moving? to get moving? Yeah, because like, they're so slow moving. It's stuff like that that just kind of irritates me. It's like, you know these droids are coming. You see them coming. They're walking down the street and you're still just standing there? What? You, you know they have you know they have blasters. Um, you know what it reminds like me Joker of? Like Joker says, it's for the dramatic tension. It reminds sure, me of a cutscene cut in a video game. You know where you're like, they're like, let's make this look That's, cool and right. have it like pan away from your Logically character and show no this and so when when you as a player would be running to get cover and be like in a good spot to fight something instead you're having to watch this video and they're like 10 feet away when the video ends and now you're like okay now it's time to plan what yeah. we're gonna do that's what it yeah. reminds me of for sure so this is ultimately where they kind of get on the move and start trying to get right out of there and boba and mando are basically trying to distract them and kind of fight them off so that everyone can kind of get to a safe spot and figure out, basically regroup and try to figure out how to take these things down because they pretty quickly realize that blasters aren't working because of the shields um, and y- you have all these issues going the dark on. dark saber's uh, not even working. The dark saber does nothing. Which just confused um, just me because they must have... Off. They must have had a big shield upgrade on these things since the Clone Wars because as far as I remember, and tell me if I'm wrong, chat, the way the Jedi used to kill Droidekas was to pierce their from the top through their shield, down through the top of the shield into the Droidekas. That's what I remember them doing to kill Droidekas. They didn't? What? How? Did, oh, they had to get close. Well, then that doesn't make any sense either because what I remember is they used to throw... The other thing I remember is them throwing grenades into the shields to kill them. But how would they How would they get the shields? How does it get through yeah, the shields? I don't know. Confusing. Upgrades. Hmm. Upgrades to the shields. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so basically they're, they're... These things are slow enough that they could stand at the edge of the shield trying to get through it while this thing just turns slowly and tries to shoot them while they just avoid it by doing a barrel roll. But... Yeah. Basically, they distract the droids while people run, and this is where uh, Boba's like, 
I we need reinforcements, which to me was very freaking confusing when he said that because I'm like, where are you going to get re- reinforcements now? Right in the middle of this fight. And, you know, this was something I'd completely forgot about. Like we knew it was coming, you know, from a couple episodes ago. We knew that Boba was going to come riding a Rancor at some point. We knew it, and I I totally forgot about it. Like you're you're watching it, you're like, the hell is he doing? Where's he going? And even whenever we saw like the lizard tail, and this was so like. Uh, another like you see so much stuff from different movies that had been taken and put into this episode iron man godfather godzilla uh king kong like with you know the rancor kind of coming through the city you see that kind of lizard looking tails kind of flowing through the city and then climbing up on the tall tower you know later in the episode like there's there's just so many you know, callbacks to other great scenes. And, um, uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. And I love the, like, and I swear, I tried to look it up just now. I, I tried to find it. I believe the intro of Boba on the Rancor is very similar to the, the panel from the comic book where you see the Rancor head and then he just starts to kind of, sinking his head down and you see Boba's feet and Boba's fet sitting, riding him on the top of the head. Whereas before right. you kind of just didn't, you just saw the Rancor show up and that's how you find out there's Boba Fett riding the Rancor that we all wanted yeah. to see. Yeah. It was that, that was awesome. That intro where the, where the Rancor's head's just lowering and then Boba just kind of pulls out from yep. up on top of him. That was awesome. Yeah. It, it was great. It was it was great. Um, just getting to see a rancor like so. I think that is the best stuff about some of these spinoffs, like you know, just Mandalorian and some of these other shows. Is getting to explore some of this more nuanced stuff in Star Wars that we've. It's like we so we knew rancors were supposed to be scary. Why? I don't know, they're ugly and eats people, but, like, we'd never really seen him do anything. We yeah. we saw Luke smash one with a gate. Like, that. that's about it. But we knew the fear of the Rancor. It's like, you hear the Rancor, you're like, oh, that's not good. You know, like, like you, you know the possibility. But then to see it in full force with the, seeing its long arms, like, flying all over the place trying to grab those droids and like all of it every single bit of it was fantastic yeah just the fight scenes like so basically what happens is uh while boba's running from this droid from this uh scorpionic droid he, that's when he meets up with grogu and pelimoda and basically they end up yes they end up kind of cornered and that's when the Rancor shows up. And basically, Boba and the Rancor start fighting the Scorpionic droid. No, that's not what happened. Boba, or Mando, is fighting the Scorpionic himself, losing. And the Scorpionic is about to basically drop his pincers right down into and into uh, Mando. Not, not, who knows if it would have gone through the uh, Beskar arm or not, but... 
even if it hit the parts that weren't Beskar <laughs> done. Right. That's when the, the cool Grogu stuff I was talking about earlier happens. Basically, Grogu yeah. walks out in the middle of the road with this thing just sitting there about to kill his dad, for lack of a better word. And he just puts his hand out and then rips, of course, a ball-shaped piece of this Scorponok droid into his hand and completely uh, cripples it. It's like a bolt out of its leg or something. Yeah. Or I guess it'd be the nut, but yeah. yeah. So he's got this thing in his hand. Basically, it looks like he's laughing when he gets it. And this thing, it cripples one of the legs. Well, so he doesn't just get it in his hand. His force pull hits Grogu and knocks Grogu back. And then he ends up with it. It's not like he caught it. Like, so it's... That bit, he's, he's still not at the point where he can catch heavy things flying right. at him. He's got the force pull. He doesn't have the force stop quite yet figured out. Which was pretty funny. So basically, that stops the Scorpionic from killing Mando. And that's when the Rancor shows up. And then, between the Rancor just basically trying to crush the bubble into the sand. And it... Moving its yeah. moving its shield to the front, helping weaken the back part of the shield. That's how Mando gets in there and takes the shield out. Basically, disables the Scorpionic, and then the Rancor just rips it to pieces. Able to get up there and kind of stab it with the dark saber, which is you know something else that we see. M- Mando's really kind of starting to get a little bit of use with the with the dark saber kind of starting to figure out what it does how to use it um so that was by the way when he was yeah. the when they, they first realized the dark saber wasn't going to work in his shield did you see the way he was swinging that thing he still hasn't figured out yeah, how to be like, one with the dark saber uh, he was lifting yeah. it off the ground swinging it into the and it would fall back to but the that's ground. what i mean like towards Later in the battle, he's kind of starting to figure it out a little bit. Yeah, I see what you mean. Like for sure, because it was yeah. he was lifted it over his head, dropped it right down in the top of that thing. Yeah, so very cool. Um, throughout this whole time, the uh, the Black Kirstan and we'll talk about this now because I know it's been mentioned in chat. Black, this other Scorpionic droid is chasing the mods, the Freetown fighters, and Black Kirstan through the city, and. Kirstan basically gets to a point where he hides behind a uh, hides behind a building and tries to do exactly the same thing as Mando and Boba did. He pops out from behind it and starts shooting it with his giant freaking blaster. It's not working. And this thing turns around and just smacks the crap out of him in his chest. Once again, I thought Santo was dead. Um, but the mods come running up and lift him up and start moving him away from it you know, giving him cover and moving him away. So he's not killed by this thing. And this is the part that's got so many people, man. I don't, I I don't, I don't get it. It is kind of weird, but basically there's a part where the two mods have Kirsten Tan on their shoulders and the Pike syndicate comes running around the corner and they're shooting at them. And the mod with the eye mod Gets out from underneath his shoulder, does a 360 spin, and shoots and kills three Pike Syndicate. Give him style points, all right? Now, everyone is like, this is the most ridiculous thing, totally unneeded, blah, blah, blah. Everyone was mad about it. And I can see why it was kind of unneeded. But I agree with a lot of the people that say this. 
And I know you're, you say lightsaber battles are different than blaster battles, but I, I've seen so many TikToks showing all throughout the Star Wars movies where people would do random spins when nothing was happening just for the cool effect. And no one ever mentioned them. It's just this mod that everyone hates are talking about this 360 spin. So the mods in general, pretty terrible. Not a fan. Um, but I, I mean, I do see your point that there are other instances that maybe haven't been under the microscope as much and criticized to the point that this was, um, you know, I think they could have done a better job at making it some sort of story impact as far as maybe showing something, the view from his mechanical lie or something like that, that kind of showed that there was some logic to it i guess but he's being targeted by three people in the same spot so he spun you know in anything to say this is the reason it just happened but like to let me point like whenever he did it i'm assuming that there was like a guy beside him like if he was spinning shooting a guy and then just kept turning around to finish shooting the other guys that, that would have made been more pretty sense. cool. Yeah, like that would have been, yeah, and kind of like what you mentioned, like the spin thing. That's generally silly. Like in my mind, makes a lot more sense if you're talking about like the dark saber, lightsaber, some sort of Let, let's talk about battle because spinning where you can create momentum to put more force into an attack logically makes sense. Versus if I have a gun and I push it towards you. The bullet's not going to hit you harder. That's ridiculous. The, the one, I mean, it's just, it's goofy. The one thing that comes to mind that I've never, like, I'm like, oh, well, that's kind of cool. And it's in my favorite fight in all of Star Wars. But that's when Anakin and Obi-Wan are fighting. That part when they're in the control room and they both just start spinning their lightsabers for, like, yes. 10 seconds apiece, not hitting each other at all. Just kind of spinning them in front of themselves. Yeah. Pointless. Doesn't do anything, but it's cool. You're like, that's yeah. all I get. Yeah, that's- but I mean, but even in that scene, I think there's like, they're trying to essentially just block an attack from the other one. Like, if you're, you almost kind of have a shield if you're spinning it fast enough to protect yourself and you have some flexibility on what you can do. Like, like I, I think a lot of this, like, logically, I can get my mind there. But this, I, I'm having a tough time doing it, given that there's not somebody else shooting, unless he was really honestly just <laughs> searching out to see if there was anyone else there, which would be goofy when there are clearly people shooting at you from the front. Just pull the blaster out and shoot him. It just, Listen, I, I'm just playing devil's advocate. Well, it, was, it was ridiculous well, when I saw it the first time. It it's okay. always ridiculous. Yeah. It's just funny that like people point out all the other ridiculous spins in Star Wars. And the, yeah. this, I have to point out Drew's comment in chat, which made me laugh and made me comment. He said, maybe he had to spin to use his target eye to mark everyone like on COD. <laughs> to which I said, it's a wind-up eye. It's like shaking a flashlight for battery. Oh yeah, he yeah, just yeah, had yeah. to spin yeah, to make sure his light, his eye was working. That that would make sense. Yeah, spinning <laughs> charges up the eye. Yeah, okay. We're just all making excuses at this point. But anyway, so they saved Kirsten. That, that's better than the goofy explanation we got in show, which was nothing. <laughs> nothing. Uh, so 
the only the only main point I want to make about this this part where they kind of fall back behind some walls and then make their last stand there. The the Freetown people are like, we got to keep moving. If we stay here, we're going to die. And I thought it was interesting that the mods had like the most tactical decision of the whole entire thing, which was if we stay, this is the only spot we have to defend. At least we're covered. If we keep going that way, I've lived here my entire life. It's just the back wall and we're going to be cornered with no cover. So that is where they yeah. make their final stand. And, and it, you know, logically, you know, this, this kind of makes sense. Find a spot and kind of stay there, defend your ground. And then you, they have the, the, the girl with the red arm, like trades off her little, uh, reminds me of the, that was, that was pretty, the the noisy cricket. (laughs) He's like, I need a rifle. And then the, 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 uh, the bartender's like handing or is it, it over. The noisy cricket. Is it the cricket or the noisy? It's the noisy cricket. cricket. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, if you're not familiar from uh, Men, in, Men Black. in Black, dude, I was talking to someone yeah. that was, I was talking to someone that was 20 the what other a great day. Movie. 20. 20 years old. Lived 20 lives. Two decades. I'm like, I was talking about Men in Black, and they were like, "What is that?" And I thought to myself, "I died. <laughs> I died inside. Just a little bit." Yep. I'm like, "Yep." Will Smith, Tommy Lee Jones, aliens. There's three of them. Never heard of it. I was like <laughs> flabbergasted. Anyways, noisy cricket for all you 20 year olds on the podcast that have never seen Men in Black. Go check it out. It's great. Good movie. Um, but the watch all Will Smith movies. Yes, there. Yes, I am Legend. That one's good. What is the I Robot? That was kind of weird. A good movie. Based off the Isaac like Asimov movie books, which I read, so when I watched the movie, I was kind of eh. which movie? I Robot. It's based off the Isaac oh, Asimov. Oh, books. I thought you were talking about something. Uh, gotcha, gotcha. Um, um, oh, Independence Day. Man, ugh. Will Smith's been so so much good stuff. Um, Pursuit of Happiness, really good. This is not this. This is not what this podcast is about. This is Star Wars. But no, we're just totally <laughs> but, off the rails. But. Well, I'm going further yeah. off the rails. Have you seen this drama version of Fresh Prince of Bel Air that's coming out? So I haven't. Um, <laughs> I was actually talking with my friends about the other day. Who said they've watched a couple episodes and said it's pretty good. Um, it sounds so. From what I've heard, it's not what I had initially heard that it kind of was. Oh, big deal. Yes, Enemy of the State. Another great <laughs> Will Smith movie. Awesome. Um, anyway, uh, it, it seems to be kind of... It's not a comedy. So it's not like a remake of Fresh Prince. It's kind of... It's a drama. More of a drama, real life kind of... Where there's actual challenges and kind of that perspective of it. Versus just kind of the goofy comedy type, which which kind of sounds interesting because when I heard they're like remaking the Fresh Prince, I'm like that that is the stupidest idea I have ever heard because remakes always suck. However, taking a story and like kind of telling it from not remaking it, but from an entirely different perspective, kind of, or I guess maybe with a different lens you're viewing through that sounds kind of interesting so have you watched it i haven't watched it yet because i don't have the channel it's on yet i'm i think it's on paramount plus 
And I'm going to be getting Paramount Plus because Halo. <laughs> I've been waiting for a Halo live action show forever. So yeah, once Halo comes out or when it's about to come out, that's when I'll get it. And I'll probably end up watching those later. Anyways, sorry. I didn't mean to throw us off topic, but I just thought that was interesting. Um, back to this. So basically, I like I didn't even think about the gun thing because it was hilarious because they they give they give the uh they give the rifle to the mod and this is to fight for your life, right? So the 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 uh bartender's like, "All right, what am I getting back here?" And they hand him the noisy cricket and he just looks at it like and shakes his head. I thought that was yes. freaking hilarious. But I mean, it it was. It was almost like the exact same scene on the noisy that so how many movie references like are we at now like six i think that we've mentioned um so yeah <laughs> they so basically they get up on and they're shooting down at the pike syndicate taking control of the situation trying to make their last stand uh right when the people on top start shooting rifling the spike syndicate everyone pops up from their little hidey holes and starts shooting at the scorpionic droid thinking all right this is our last chance you know and that is when boba shows up again with the rancor and uh the rancor let's just say this i saw this in chat earlier too so we'll remember this now that rancor every time he took a shot from that that droid i thought to myself he's dead he's done now he took like yeah. 15 shots from that thing and he had he literally had like a metal plate over his heart which eventually got shot off or ripped off at 1.2 and I'm like dude this dude is he's dead yeah. like this rancor thanks for doing your duty it's gone but in the end it it it, it was completely fine and took apart two scorpionic droids so so I mean rancors can basically handle anything besides a door on their head like yeah <laughs> that's it i just realized what you're talking about don't let a big metal door fall on their head jeez that yeah that maybe that was a listen that that rancor was old he had brittle bone syndrome he was just at the end of his lifespan okay this, that's a fair point this is a calf with skin like Beskar, he, he just he's good to go right now. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, super awesome. Basically, now you've got Boba on Boba on the Rancor. Oh, by the way, let me just ask this. Boba on the Rancor, I can't remember what happened. Cad Bane now shows up. Boba's still on his Rancor, right in front of all of the Freetown mods and Black Kirsitan, and then suddenly they're just gone. Where did they go? Did did, did 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 I forget something about where they went at that point? Why weren't they were they not there watching Cad Bane come out? Mm, that's a good question. Wasn't both of the droids were destroyed at that point, right? So Yeah, both the droids were gone, and that's when Cad Bane came out. And I just I just thought of this. I'm like Wait a minute. They were right in front of the Freetown, the mods, and Black Kirsten, and then yeah. they were not involved in that final fight at all. Which, you know, obviously would be uh, dirty, but let's not pretend like this entire fight was not dirty from the start. So, <laughs> Right. 
But I mean, I guess it's one of those things like where they let maybe the... they were just too far away. You know, it's uh, it's wide open tombstone esque. Like sh- they show up just a little late to really do anything about the uh, the fight that's going on. Not that it matters. Cause... Like the sheriff, I'm here to arrest you. You won't be arresting us today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They all showed up. We're here yeah. to help you. The fight's over. So yeah, yeah. go home. But that Cad Bane fight. What a what a. Okay, so we haven't mentioned this at all. Uh, we find out early on in the episode that it was not the Nikto speed bikers that killed, uh, Boba's, Tuscan clan. I, I f- right and we all thought it like, was it was it was the pike that hired the Nikto speed bikers it, and then he killed the it, the speed bikers and it was right. over. Yep. It wasn't very convincing the the way they sold it, but it also wasn't necessarily something that we thought that much about, I don't think, because why would we? It's like, what's the significance of this? Like, who the hell cares? But ultimately, it did end up mattering. Yep. And, and that's one thing I would say they've done really well with this season is a lot of this stuff that early on maybe didn't make sense but like i mean i think just about every episode of this season like you know it all came together in this final episode where we now understand that that there was that information we needed well so i think well this is one of the more cool things about this entire episode right because we get an interaction at the beginning of the episode between Cad Bane and Boba. A lot of storyline there, a lot of uh, retelling and confirming old yeah. lore from the Clone Wars between Cad Bane and Boba. Boba wants to kill him. Cad Bane was there just to provoke him, which he did, telling him basically, nope. hey, you know, you're an idiot if you thought those Nikto speed bikers were the ones that killed your family. Or your friends, and you know, like, your you, tribe. And you know it's true. Like, it was one of those things, like, he didn't really, he didn't have to convince him. It was kind of one of those things that Boba maybe didn't necessarily want to believe, believe or... but kind of knew no. already, you know? Uh completely um, agree, because basically, Finnick had to tell him, you know, he's, he's baiting you. Don't fall for it. Yeah. Oh, well, I can take him. He's like, this is what he wants. Fight on our, t- we can fight on our own terms, you know. So, uh, basically, what I, the reason that's important is because the final fight with Cad Bane, what happens in the end is the the biggest draw to that whole Tuscan storyline, which is huge for Cat Boba. There is there people have done the math between when he finds Fennec and the end of uh, Return or yeah, Return of the Jedi. And done the math, he was with that Tuscan tribe for five years. Those were his people for five years. So that just tells you just how much of a connection to those people he had to watch them be savagely destroyed. And right. So Cad. Ba- well, I mean, he became a tribe member. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, he went from slave to tribe member. You know. It, we didn't obviously get to experience the full time lapse 
in this show. Mm-hmm. Um, but but there were enough details to know that it was a very, very long time mm-hmm. without question. And it basically tells you the story of why he never left Tatooine. You know, you find the group of people you're supposed to be with, you stay with them. And But the part with Cad Bane, right? So they have their blaster, basically their wild, wild west shoot. And Cad Bane wins. He's got Boba on his back, rips his helmet off, and he basically tells him, you know, you've lost, you're soft, this is what happens when that happens, whatever, you know. And the culmination of the whole Tuscan story is that Cat Bane gave him enough room for him to rip out his gaffy stick, take him down, hit him enough times to disable him, and he ends up stabbing Cat Bane right in the chest. In one of the cool- when he basically rolls to miss the blaster shot, kind of anticipating his trigger finger, I assume, and is able to pull the stick out and basically leg sweep him and knock his ass to the ground. Mm-hmm. Just. You know, pr- pretty impressive work. Um, you know, and it's it, you know it's nice that we had this th- this story where we learned so much about these characters that have always been in Star Wars that we never knew really anything about. So that episode kind of gave us that, in addition to kind of setting up this pretty cool scene with him and Cad Bane, um, who. Might I throw out, I don't even know if you noticed this. The assumption is Cad Bane's dead, and that's the end of it. The whole him being his apprentice, the apprentice taking out the master, in this case. Um, you are your father's. Yeah, the whole... if he When he's laying there after he's been stabbed in the chest and Boba walks away, his his breathing apparatus, his life support, basically, is still on and flashing. So the fan theory is that he's not actually dead. So we might see Cad Bane again. So who knows? And you know how Star Wars is. If you don't, if they, if you, if they don't say it on the screen, someone confirms it. People are never dead. So I, I loved seeing Cad Bane in the show live action. It was freaking awesome. He lived straight up to uh, Clone so, Wars. It was just awesome. I, I I saw some people complaining about the way that Cad Bane looked, um, specifically facial features compared to I think Clone Wars. And one thing I have noticed by watching the Clone Wars, everyone's face is super tall. Yeah, for sure. Just like, stretch them up. Like Duke Duku yeah. is the worst. Like Duku's face is. Like really, it's so long. Yeah. It's like, what happened, man? It's the the um, art style, I guess. Yeah. So, uh, but that's basically uh, where the the episode. Oh, sorry. There's another uh, scene. And I was gonna say, I, I thought Cad Bane looked pretty fantastic. Like, just the you know the. The the razor teeth and the blue skin and the the voice was spot kinda, on. Was the same voice actor as the cartoon? I have no idea. Because he sounded so good, like it was awesome. Yeah, it was incredibly well done. Uh, all the stuff with Cad Bane was was really great. It really showed kind of the 
rivalry, I guess, between not only Boba, but Django and kind of Cad Bane, you know, all these bounty hunters that have kind of fought for jobs between each other and know each other and um, knowing each other so well to get to that final scenes. Pretty good. Um, also throwback. It's, this is in the Easter egg section, but we're talking about it now, so we might as well. There was an unused arc of the car, uh, Clone Wars series, so it's not an actual episode, but I think it's like one of the thrown away episodes or a storyboard, one of the two. But in it is where, you know, Cad Bane is, has Boba as his apprentice as a kid, or as a kid, or maybe a teenager, 20-year-old, whatever it was. But Interesting. If you look, go look back at Boba's helmet, it's got a dent in it right on his forehead. Mm-hmm. The cartoon has the another Western-style shootout between the two, and uh, Boba gets shot in the head by Cad Bane, and that's what puts that dent in his helmet. And the dent is in the helmet. Which is basically a throwback to that uh, from the uh, Clone Wars that's cartoon. That's cool. So that's that's very cool. I like it. Yeah, that's super. I, Dave Filoni, John Favreau, just freaking doing amazing things. Crushing it. Yeah. So the f- no doubt. final scene because everything's not done here. Final scene of cool shit. Pike Syndicate. Back headquarters on Mos Eisley. Still a problem. Still a problem. The leader's still there. All the leaders of the crime families are there. Mox Shaiz, the mayor of Mos Espa, is there. And mm-hmm. guess what? Well, we didn't see Fennec Shan the entire episode. She made it to Mos Eisley. And uh, one of the cool... this I just wrote it in all caps in the notes. Master Assassin. Because... That is what she, that's her title, and she proved it once again at the end of the episode, taking out every one of the leaders of the crime families. Gar- just the garrote around Mokshai's neck, pulling him up into the sky and basically hanging him, yep. and taking out the Pike Syndicate awesome. leader. That that was the icing on the cake at the end of that war. We never got Fennec throughout the entire episode, but at least the final scene with her was awesome she's an assassin yeah i mean and she is very effective yeah that whole scene was was really good uh just seeing everybody get picked off and uh her her cleaning up loved it Um, i had enough vodka sodas that i'm apparently missing parts in the notes as well so (laughs) joker makes a good point you forgot the raging rancor i was about (laughs) to go back to that um there was some pretty good stuff with the rancor um specifically the raging rancor that that grogu decides to force calm and then take a nap with it just basically lays down next to him. <laughs> it was hilarious too because not hilarious but <laughs> boba flew up with his jetpack up to the rancor and tried to ride it like boba and completely got just destroyed Thrown through the top of a building, the Rancor went down, grabbed him, tried to eat him, smashing his, couldn't bite through his yeah. Beskar helmet, thank goodness for him, and basically throws yeah. him like five stories down to the ground, and Mando is out cold, which is basically leads to what you said. Here comes here comes Grogu again, saving his dad, basically calms the Rancor, very, very Clone Wars-esque, because I don't think it would have ever really happened in the movies, but it happened a lot in the Clone Wars War. The Jedi would... Uh, ooh, 
I'll take that. Thank you. You're welcome. Here, give me a kiss. <laughs> Have a lot of power over the weak minded. I got something cool. I'll show you in a second. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> basically, he in the Clone Wars a lot. Is that the first kiss that we've had on our stream? It might be. It was a little <laughs> off screen. I don't know if anyone saw it, but it might be oh, the first it? one. Okay, okay. Uh, nice. <laughs> so, Grogu comes out and saves Mando by using another Force ability. So now we know he has Force healing. He can Force pull. He can uh, calm beasts. Like he's showing all the kinds of Jedi uh, abilities. Yep. Force jump. Force jump. Like he he. Uh, he did it all. And one thing you know, still notice is that despite his, he can figure out a lot more of the, uh, of the force abilities and he's using them, all the stuff he was trained and kind of like Luke unlocked again for him. Uh, it's still taking a lot out of him because he decides to take a nap with his new Rancor friends. So I thought that was, but showing a lot of power for, uh, Grogu after leaving Luke with the with the force pull of the stuff from the Scorpionic droid the yep. the beast calming with the Rancor really excited to see what Grogu does in uh... yeah I you mean you want to see this Mando see are going to make a uh, they're going to make a pretty fantastic team in this uh, next season show us what you got there I don't know for everyone out there that is interested. Ooh. Oh shit, it's the Bad Batch's shuttle. Fancy. Dude, that's going to go right in that uh, glowing Lego stage over uh, there. For those you listening on the podcast, it is the Lego um, huh? Lego Bad Batch, something or another. I haven't watched Bad Batch, so I don't know. A bunch of them. I haven't either. Oh. But now when I do, I'll be like, I have that ship. I'll be very excited. I th- I think we have some Lego stuff to talk about in the Patreon chat, so that'll be fun. Oh, I love Legos. Well, I'm all about it. Yeah. Um. All right. So let's, what's what's next on our agenda? Let me just figure out if any of the Easter eggs that I wrote down we haven't already talked about. Okay. Um. So the first one I had was why did Boba send Kersentan to the Trandoshan area? We talked about that. Talked about that. Yeah. Um. This, okay, we kind of talked about this. Set up, I thought the setup for this at the end was very well done. During when Kersentan is almost is 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 oh, let me roll that back a little bit. So when Kersentan throws all the pikes and is is a uh, kind of uh, stumbling his way to everyone to, when they meet up in right. front of the cantina, when Mando has to go save his ass. Boba's like, cover me. Mando's covering him, and Boba goes out and saves Kersentan, right? But he keeps getting shot. Before Boba even goes out there, they're all just kind of watching this awesome Wookiee who should be dead, making his way to meet them. He's he's shooting Pike Syndicates on his way there, gets shot in the leg again, gets there. And uh, he finally makes his way, with Boba's help, back behind the uh, military land speeder. And Boba says to him, I owe you a trip to my back to tank. You're like, okay, that makes sense. Bring the curse to stands uh, injuries. And so at the end of the movie, you kind of see in movie at the end of the finale, you see Boba talking about someone being in his back. There's back to tank being in use. Um, 
but the very two seconds later it pans out and Kirsten Tan's there. So Kirsten Tan has already used it or just is a Wookiee and a badass anyway and healed himself. But that's where we get find out that Cobb Vanth is in the uh the back to tank in the credit scene. And someone said something, oh, it's Ray Rock. Ray Rock, you had the cool the my favorite comment because I would be totally okay with it just because of the fact that I love Timothy Oliphant uh, yeah. so much. Timothy Oliphant is an actor. If you've never seen Justified, if you didn't watch Deadwood, both westerns, which is why he fits perfectly on Tatooine, if you've never watched him, mm-hmm. watch him. He's an amazing actor. He's done a lot of things besides those things, but those are my two favorites. He was like, the Cobb Vanth in the Back to Tank might be a hint to his now series. His own series, not now. His own series. I would be, since the Rebel, or since the Republic show is actually canceled, which we were talking about earlier, if they decided to replace that with a Cobb Vanth show, I'm 100% in. Give it to me. I love Timothy Oliphant. That, That would be interesting. Um... You know, he's a character that we've seen in the show that has got very little play, so I I could totally see something like that happening where there is another season, like there's the Book of Cobb Vanth or something where there's fill-in stuff in between Mando seasons that that is kind of filled in, focusing on him and kind of following him around. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, I'm... I'm... A lot of characters that I would love to see series on. And a lot of the time, they're kind of... You don't need to introduce Obi-Wan. Everybody knows him. So he's got his series. Ahsoka, getting a series. But there's so many people that didn't watch The Clone Wars. She was introduced for a lot of people in Mandalorian. So for a lot of, like, casual... Or not casual, because I I don't want to call you casual, Wink. But for a lot of people that only watch the movies... They don't know who Ahsoka is. So she gets her own show, kind of introducing Mando. They don't know where. Despite they don't know who, who is. Ahsoka. Tano. If you never, if you only watch the movies, you would never know who Ahsoka is. Very important character. I have no idea who that is. You don't know? All right. Well, you'll find out. She's got her own show coming. Uh, I, I'm, I'm joking. I, I, I hope so. You're like, I've forgotten that she was in even Book of Boba. Um, but yeah, Cobb Vanth introduced and shown yeah. a lot in Mando and Book of Boba. Totally okay with that. I mean, if if freaking Cara Dune was going to get her own show, Cobb Vanth can get his own show. So, no. Uh, what other Easter eggs do I have got here? Uh, Mandu and Grogo's hug while being fired at by the droid was emotional overload. Yeah, <laughs> that was a great scene. That was a great scene. Big fan. Um, and you know the the those little droids. Um, uh, I don't know what the hell you call them the, with the little wheels that kind of take people around like uh, <laughs> yeah that was cool seeing what's her face Pelly throw the throw the wrench out I'm like move your ass you little droid and it actually Whatever figured it out like said. oh I've got another speed yeah. yeah that that was all pretty funny uh, let's I got two more so what another interesting thing is in the middle of the fight Mando gave Grogu the last part that he owns of the Razor Crest uh, to calm him down during the battle. So he gave, in the middle of the fight. Let's be honest. No, no, no. 
He didn't have that because it was last part of the Razor Crest. Well, he only had it because he was off of the Razor Crest when it got destroyed. And because it's Grogu's favorite toy. That's why he had it. He had it as a reminder of Grogu. That's the only reason he still had it. He may love the Razor Crest, but not like Grogu. He had it as a Grogu reminder. And, oh, for uh, sure. And seeing him give it back to him was adorable. It was on the crest when it was destroyed. He picked it out of the rubble. That's right. I remember him picking it out of, uh, yes, out of the garbage. And here's the last little tidbit. Okay. When, when Boba says something to Cad Bane, Cad Bane's response at the beginning of the episode was, well, if that isn't the Quacta calling the Stifling slimy. Rewind, I saw this on TikTok, so I went back onto my Disney Plus app and found the episode and watched it. Okay. Cad Bane helped train Boba in an unused art of the Clone Wars. We've talked about this. In Mando Season 2, when Boba meets Bo-Katan in the cantina, he says, well, if that isn't the Quacta calling the Stifling Slimy to Bo-Katan. Interesting. So we're getting another callback to, hey, Boba probably learned that from Cad Bane. From, yeah. So I thought that was super cool. I like it. People are so smart, man. I love them. I just love. Yeah, they pick up shit that I would never pick (laughs) up. Never crosses my mind. And then I watch it and I'm Uh -uh. like, wait a minute. You're right. I have heard that before. That's awesome. All right. So. I want to have a quick discussion um, about subtitles. You watch with subtitles, correct? Yes. How do you actually watch what's going on with subtitles? Every time I watch, you're just reading it the entire time. I'm just reading it. That's it. I cannot do it. Like I can't. So I, my house always sounds like a Super Bowl parade is happening inside of it. Okay. So, if I, I used don't to not watch understand them, how that was possible, I, I miss now. everything, or I have to rewind. Yeah, that makes that's, sense. That's just basically what happens in the end. Um, so that's how I watch it. I, I've gotten to the point where if I I've got a happy medium where my eyes are fast enough that I don't if I don't hear a word, I can go read the subtitle and hear the word before it disappears off the screen. So I don't usually stare at the subtitles. Or I can read fast enough that I read them and I can still watch that it doesn't bother me. But I'm with you. Most yeah. of the time, I am uh, I'm glued to those subtitles. Yeah. So. Yeah, the, uh, the, the subtitles are interesting because like you've mentioned before, you get to see like names of characters or, you know, just... It's so much easier to pick up on things mm-hmm. um, that you would that you would never pick up on otherwise. Um, so yeah, um, I would. I wish I could watch with subtitles just so I could get all that extra information. I just I can't do it, man. I can't do it. Definitely wouldn't advise watching it, doing it on the first watch though, because that would kind of take away from it. After that, yeah. maybe that's you get your extra information. So I'm with you. I'm with you. I understand. So, sweet. 
Cool. All right. Well, well, is there anything else that we have to mention about the Book of Boba finale? I don't think so. And I think that's, I think we've kind of given our final thoughts throughout the whole thing on like what we thought of the series compared to what it was in the yeah. overarching story of this time period, because this is not the end of this time period. And I don't, no. the Ahsoka show, I believe is moving off of her appearances in Book of Boba and Mando. So we're getting, we're definitely getting Ahsoka and, um, we're definitely getting Ahsoka and Mando season three that is going to continue this time period. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. It will be interesting. I'm looking forward to it. I love, I love what they're doing. I love, uh, honestly, let me just rephrase forget this time period because come may i don't care about it all i care about is my favorite star wars character obi-wan kenobi and ewan mcgregor finally being back on my tv screen on a screen in general as obi-wan that'll be pretty exciting was it may 20th may 25th and let me just say this I am angry. Yeah, it's gonna be awesome. I am angry that we somehow got a multiverse of madness Doctor Strange trailer during the Super Bowl, but with Star Wars coming out in a couple months, a few months, there was a Doctor Strange trailer. There was, and it was fil- chock filled with good stuff. But I was drinking a lot. Of- oh, <laughs> I am. It's it's. I don't remember. Unfortunate the amount I drank. Um, <laughs> there was a Moon Knight trailer as well, right? We got a lot of trailers, what but the they did Moon not Knight? give us a Kenobi trailer during the Super Bowl. The best what time. Is Moon Knight. It's another Marvel show. It has a Poe Dameron's actor oh! as Moon Knight. Uh, I actually do remember. I remember thinking, "Is there a new Mortal Kombat movie?" <laughs> nice. Yeah. Nope, more uh, more Marvel. More Marvel coming at you. And that's coming out in March, so I think it's March. Yeah. So that I told Rich I told Richie or AKA the elephant in the room, I'm like, at least they're giving us Moon Knight to hold us over until Kenobi. If you're both a Marvel and a Star Wars fan, which I am, so Nice. Moon Knight should end around a few like a three weeks or so before Kenobi comes out, which is perfect. Cool. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for this episode. What is this? 279? Holy crap. We are getting, we are rapidly approaching 300 episodes of this podcast. I, we 79%? Are. We're 79% of the way to 300 now? At, l- at least. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Crazy. All right. Well, I'm telling you, these three vodka sodas are getting to me. This po- Patreon QA. It's going to be fun in Discord. So if you are a Patreon and you are a not a fan of sleep for anyone past, you know, my area of the country, um, we'll be on Discord right after this in the Patreon, uh, yeah. in the Patreon Discord, uh, talk, going over your questions. And I got a, I got a few extra questions for us that I'd like to ask and answer for fun. So uh, if you are the, a Patreon, go ahead there after this. It's awesome hanging out with you guys there when we do that. And uh, I'm yeah. going to go grab three more vodka sodas and go nuts during that. So it'll be fun. Cool. Sounds good. 
see y'all on the discord and thanks for listening hit that subscribe button in your podcast thing if you're listening you probably already have but uh we will catch you guys next week with episode 280 later later